Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Now we might be tempted to ask, what's all the fuss about? I mean, what's the big deal about how I hear? And we discover that the fuss is defined for us as we continue to look at the communication Jesus gave about how we hear. Notice he says, for to the one who has, more will be given. And to the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Those two sentences right there define the importance of how one hears when it comes to the Word of God. Very simply stated, some will hear well. And those who hear well when, the God, when God's Word is presented, they will continue to receive more revelation, more good things from God. Some will hear poorly, and what they think that they have in their heart will actually eventually be taken away. You ask, what does that mean? And I want to give you a meaning to that here with truth point number one. Truth point number one says that we can put on an external religious show that does not truly represent our inner condition. Our inner condition. We may even be deceiving ourselves thinking that we have something spiritual that we actually don't have. And then we put on this outward religious show. But in time, and always in time, one's true heart condition will become evident. We can put on the religious show. We can talk the religious talk. We can appear to be the, 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 the real deal, but what Jesus is teaching us is that in time, a true heart, the true heart condition will become evident. For example, a receptive heart. When we think about a receptive heart receiving the Word of God, it receives it obviously receptively. And over time, not always perfectly, but over time, a receptive heart keeps on receiving, keeps on uh, allowing God's revelation to, to impact them. And what happens then is that we find the, res- the receptive heart yielding to the things God's Word says and transformation begins to take place. And in this way, the initial seed grows. And more life, more productivity, more spiritual fruit is the result of that receptivity. On the other hand, the shallow and the crowded heart. Do you realize the the shallow and the crowded heart do not actually have the seed of God's Word growing in them? There's There's an initial appearance of receptivity, But in time, the absence of growth becomes evident, resulting in the loss of what that heart thought it had. You know, there's nothing more sad, really, in my estimation, than to see one who starts off with a bang and and, and starts off with apparent joy over time being goodbye some 20 years ago. When you look into Josh Harris's life, you find that for 20 years he, he represented the Word. He wrote books about the Word. He pastored a a solid, Bible-based, gospel-centered, Jesus-focused church. But there came a point just recently where he came out publicly and said, I'm divorcing my wife, I'm leaving my children, and this was the capstone, and I am not a Christian. How does that happen? 
How, how does somebody write a book like I Kiss Dating About and a variety of other books that are all about the Word of God and pastor a very solid church, but then come to a point where they say, I'm walking away from my marriage, I'm walking away from my kids, and I am not a Christian. I'm going to walk away from Jesus. How does that happen? And I'll tell you that in part it happens over a period of time. It doesn't happen like that. There's been something going on for a long time, and most likely you can trace it back to a stress point where God's Word brought a boulder in the road and said, you need to go this way, and the person didn't want to go that way, so they decided to go this way, and they begin down this path that ultimately leads them to a place where they can no longer live two lives. And so they, of course, some will repent and show that they really are believers, and there are others who won't repent, and they'll walk away and denounce or renounce their faith and prove to one degree or another that they were a shallow heart, a shallow or crowded heart. I want to say to you, and I want you to remember this, that I'm not qualified to pronounce final judgment on Joshua, and I don't want to do that. I'm not not qualified. But from everything I've been able to see, He does appear to be one with a shallow or crowded heart. That brings me to truth point number two. Truth point number two says that as the parable of the wheat and tares, which you'll find in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, as the parable of the wheat and the tares, you find that both the wheat and the tare grow and they coexist and they appear to be exactly the same for a time. But with time and with stress, both the wheat and the tare self-identify by their fruit or the lack thereof. And ultimately, it comes down to how one hears the Word of God. When they heard it initially, were they receptive or were they non-receptive? As they continue to hear it and, and growth should be taking place, Are they hearing it receptively or are they hearing it rejectingly? You know, one of those ways of of hearing the Word of God yields true transformation over time, while the other yields at best a veneer that cannot sustain. And in part, this is what the light that Jesus speaks of in verse 16 and the revelation of what was hidden and secret in verse 17 is all about. With time and exposure, the light of God's Word reveals the true nature of the human heart. And it shows whether it is receptive or whether it is non-receptive. As we come to verses 19 through 21, we run across a couple of potential problems. I want to identify those problems and let's see if they actually are a problem. The first problem that I observe in the text is that The gospel writers, Matthew and Mark, take this event that we find in verses 19 through 21, and they place it earlier in Jesus' ministry. They place it much earlier than the parable of the sowers. And so what we have now is we have Matthew and Mark showing Jesus doing something over here, and in Luke it appears as though he's doing it over here, and it seems as as though we have a disconnect. However, with closer inspection, we find that the problem resolves itself as we remember that Luke's gospel is not always chronological. In fact, Luke purposely 
writes in a thematic way. And so there are places in his gospel that, that it will use an event out of sequence because it fits with the theme of what he is trying to get across to Theophilus, who, remember, was his original audience, the original person he was writing to. So hopefully that clears the way there. The second thing that we find is the way that Jesus seems to disrespect his mother and his brothers by not acknowledging them and pointing to his disciples as his new family. Now, just to get down to the bottom line and not to go through a whole lot of linguistic gymnastics, let me just tell you that Jesus is not being disrespectful to his mother or his brothers. Instead, what he's doing here is he's using the occasion to make an important point, a point that each one of us in this room this morning need to hear and to respond to. What was that point? I've included it in truth point number three. Jesus was making the point here that his true eternal family is not one of flesh and blood, mother, father, sister, brother, but is made up of those who hear his word and say it with me and who do it. He says, my family are those who hear the word and do it. Family ties like mother, father, sister, brother, they end. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but they end when this life ends. In other words, in eternity, outside of this fleshly world, there is no mother, father, sister, brother. Those ties mean something to us here, but not in eternity. And Jesus' focus was not on the here and now, but was on eternity. And his statement that he makes there is not a denial of the importance of his fleshly family, but the statement is meant to accentuate that his forever spiritual family are those who hear the word and do it. And one of the things that we need to acknowledge this morning is how a person enters into the family of God. One enters into the family of God through the light of God's Word and through appropriate receptivity to that light. For example, when God's Word says that salvation is not by any human work, but is through faith in Christ, and one hears that, but then they continue to trust in their own manufactured righteousness, they have heard the Word, but they have not responded appropriately. When one hears that salvation is not by any human work, but only through faith in Christ, and they turn away from self-justification to embrace Jesus as Savior and Lord, then they have heard and they have responded appropriately. So what we discover out of all of this this morning is this, is that how we hear is as important as what we hear. Because you see, we can hear a message that is spot on perfect. It is accurate with the gospel in every way. That's the what. But if we hear it un- with an unbelieving heart, it will not make us right with God. We must hear the word believingly. And what we discover is that hearing the word believingly translates to working out what we have heard. The Word of God received believingly brings salvation. Submission and response to the Word then is the natural result of hearing 
in a believing fashion. So I say all that this morning to get us down to this place. How is your hearing? How is your hearing? I know a lot of you in this room have um, hearing aids. And you say, without them, my hearing's not very good. Well, I'm really not asking you about that. But I'm asking you is how, when the Word of God comes to you, whether it's coming from your pastor, whether it's coming to you from a Christian book, whether it's coming to you from the Word of God alone, whatever source it is coming from, how's your hearing? Is your hearing devoid of listening? Where it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other because really in your heart you don't see that God's message to you is all that important? Or... Is your hearing devoid of response? You hear. You understand. You choose not to respond appropriately. Instead, going your own way. Or is your hearing filled a faith response? And it is my prayer that God's Spirit will grant to you discernment about how you hear. And that He may grant you wisdom that when you hear the Word of God, you will hear it believingly that you will receive it like good soil received, and that it will take root and that it will grow in your heart and life. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.